This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. One of the top complaints that deer hunters have is they go out and didn't see any deer. On this episode, I'm going to talk about how that happens and what you can do to prevent it. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanitas, and today we are talking about what can you do to prevent going out deer hunting and not seeing any deer. It's probably happened to you. If you've ever hunted deer, I'm sure it's happened to you. If it hasn't happened to you, sooner or later it's going to happen. It has happened to me too many times for years straight and it is not fun and it's probably the number one thing that that zaps the fun out of deer hunting is when you go out sit after sit after sit and don't see any deer now why does that happen well it happens because there wasn't any deer there right it could also be because you know, you didn't play the wind right and the wind spooked the deer out of there. It could be because you made too much noise coming in or while you're sitting there and you spooked them out. Could be the deer saw you and they spooked out and, and just drifted away before you even saw them. So all those things are possible. All those things contribute to it. But the number one reason you don't see any deer is because there's not deer there. Right, um, you know, big bucks and older does, mostly big bucks though, they're picky. They are cautious, they are wary, they're likely to just dissolve into the forest without you ever even seeing them. If you make a mistake, if the wind's bad, if you didn't control your scent, if you made noise, if they saw you. But younger bucks and does, and especially younger does, they are not anywhere near as wary as big bucks. Okay, so. When you go out deer hunting and say you didn't see any big bucks, that's one thing. That's a whole nother series of episodes talking about, you know, what could you do there. But if you don't see any deer at all, okay, now that's a bigger thing, all right? 
because most deer are not as wary and, and not as finicky and not as cautious as big bucks, especially, you know, year and a half old does and, and bucks, you know, sometimes they, they don't even care if the wind's bad. They don't even care if they can smell you. Sometimes they don't even care if they can see you, it seems. I've had deer walk right up to me. All right, never big bucks, but little little deer. So if you don't see any deer at all, it's not usually a sign of bad wind, too much noise, or you weren't concealed well enough. It's more often, all those things have a part, don't get me wrong, but it's more often that there just weren't deer there. So how do you fix that? Well, you can't make there be more deer there. Well, it comes down to a different philosophy of deer hunting. It's what I call hunt sign, not speculation. You want to be hunting deer sign. Whenever you go into the woods, whenever you take time off of work, away from your family, away from other things, whatever it may be, to go out into the woods and sit there for half a day or a whole day or whatever, whatever your situation might be, anytime you're going to do that, it should be because there's sign there. Now this go, I'm talking about deer hunting today, right? But this is true for duck hunting, turkey hunting, every other kind of hunting. You always want to hunt sign. It's the number one thing you can do in order to be successful. But when it comes to deer hunting especially, you know, birds, they can fly, right? They're not always going to leave sign in the woods they're not all, they could be in an area and not leave much sign, at least not leave any you're able to find. And that doesn't mean they're not there, especially if they could fly in or fly over while you're sitting there, right? That's another deal. But when it comes to deer, deer are big animals. They live on the ground. They, they leave footprints. They leave droppings. They do lots of other things. There ought to be sign wherever you're going to spend half a day hunting. If you don't have deer sign, I would recommend don't sit there, right? Don't sit there. Just just keep walking. Keep moving. Scout and hunt. Still hunt. Call it whatever you want. Hunt on foot. Or hunt until you find sign and then set up there on the sign. So how does this work practically speaking? Well, yeah, it's a function of scouting, right? Trying to find where deer are. Trying to find what areas deer use and then set up so that you can hunt those movement patterns. So what are you looking for? Okay, well, I'm going to be honest with you. At this point, I'm looking for trail camera photos and videos. That's the number one thing I'm looking for. Um, you know, I, anywhere I identify as a, as a good spot or a potential spot, I'm setting up a trail camera there. Now, that doesn't mean I have 30 trail cameras. I only got a handful of trail cameras, but I can move them. I can put one over here. If this area has gone cold, I can take that one, move it over there. If all the areas that I've got cameras on are hot, well, I don't really need to find more areas, right? Uh, or I can, you know, get another camera, whatever you want to do. So I'm looking for trail camera, trail camera photos and videos to find, you know, deer movement. If I don't have trail cameras there, or if I'm trying to find a place to put a trail camera, you know, number one thing I'm looking for are footprints. Why is that the number one thing? Because it's the easiest thing to see usually. Footprints will tell you where the deer are, where they've been rather. It'll tell you to some degree how many they've been there. If you've been doing this long enough, they'll tell you how recently they've been there. And then if you find footprints, you ought to find droppings and pellets. Uh, 
And if you're looking for bucks, then you can start looking for scrapes and for rubs for, and, and, you know, that kind of sign. But here's what, here's what footprints don't do. They don't tell you what time of day the deer were there. Okay, the deer could have been there at night, could have been in there in the middle of the night. We just don't know. The footprints only tell you that they were there. Same with the dropping, same with the rubs, same with the scrapes. They don't give you a sense as to time of day. Now, 100 years ago, that was the best you could go on, right? You didn't have trail cameras. And trail cameras, I feel like, are all, in some sense, it's almost like cheating. However, here's part of the perspective that I want to add to your understanding. Um, you know, 100 years ago, people, they had a lot fewer distractions. They had fewer things vying for their time. They had no TV. They had no cell phones. They had, well, they did have some newspapers, but they didn't have a whole lot of things. They didn't have entertainment like we have it today. Couldn't go to the movies. You spent your life living and trying to keep living, trying to farm, trying to hunt, trying to build things, trying to make things. You know, all these kind of things. It was much more work around the business of staying alive and surviving. Well, and of course, you know, long before that as well. So people had more time to invest in hunting because it was a bigger necessity. You could go out into the woods more. You could scout more. You could, you know, um, look around. You could sit and wait. You could, and you didn't really have defined hunting seasons quite like we do now, probably. But regardless, you, you had more time to invest in these kind of pursuits. Today, it's more of a hobby than it is survival. Yep, I eat every deer I take, uh, or whatever I don't give away to someone else to eat. But it's, you know, we enjoy the meat. We've got it in our freezer. Prefer it to beef in most circumstances. Uh, there's still no beating a nice ribeye, though. There's just not. Don't care how much you like venison. I'm a huge venison fan. I've studied the cooking of venison. I have fellowshiped with chefs. I've gotten their materials. I have cooked some absolutely outstanding venison that is better than its beef equivalent many times, but nothing beats a nice inch thick bone-in ribeye, okay? Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Beef just, they've, they've got an edge there. But nonetheless, what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is it's not a necessity. Right? If I don't get a deer this year, or two deer, we're still going to make it. We're still going to have meat. We're still going to see through. And, and most people in the U.S., even those that consider themselves meat hunters, they're still going to make it if they don't get a deer or two that year. They're still going to have meat. They're still going to go to the grocery store. Uh, even a lot of the, you know, mountain men type stuff that you see on TV. 
and you know out in the remote wilderness and we got to get our winter meat or else yeah well here's the thing they could still go to the store too they still fly into town they still have supplies dropped off to them you know they are they are in a sense living off the land but they are still not a hundred percent dependent upon that they have backups and safety protocols in place and of course you've got to realize the guys on tv they've got camera people there too they take a lot of risks they do a lot of things they probably wouldn't normally do just because you got a camera crew there you got a camera if something goes wrong they can help you so every now and then you see that happen so you know all that to say even in those scenarios most of the time people still have a backup plan and for the rest of us that aren't living in the wilderness making reality TV, we will just as easily go to the store, get beef, get whatever, and we're going to make it through without a problem. So the whole point of all that to say, we do not have the kind of time and focus and the need to invest the time and focus in hunting that happened a long time ago. Trail cameras, though, they sort of fill in the gap and they give us the ability to scout and have a presence in the woods that we might have been able to have a hundred years ago when that was a focal point of survival and living and, and foodstuffs and all of that. So the way I look at it in part is that trail cameras enable you to... to multiply your time, multiply your presence in the woods, multiply your ability to scout. You know, they, they add to that to get you back to a point that was much closer to where we were a long time ago when that was a focal point of survival. So there you have that piece. Now let's go ahead and move on. But before we do, I want to encourage you guys if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. However you're getting this, subscribe via iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, you know, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. However you listen to podcasts, make sure you subscribe. Get these episodes sent right to you. And make sure you head to iTunes, iTunes and leave a five-star review with a comment. It's the number one way to help grow the show and reach more people. I really appreciate your help on that, guys. And of course, always feel free to leave a comment on the website. Would love to hear from you. Feedback, what's going on. Drop me a line. I read every email and reply to everyone. So if you're going to go in the woods and invest time hunting, it should always be based upon deer sign or whatever sign for whatever it is that you're hunting at that particular time. You should always be setting up and looking for sign. So I'm not just going to say, oh, here's a nice section of woods. I can see far. I got a good vantage point. Deer should love to be here. I'm just going to sit here and wait for deer. You know, it just doesn't work that way. Too many times, too many days have been lost, have been wasted, have been thrown away. Thrown away is maybe too strong of a term. Any time you spent in the woods can be fun and enjoyable, but in terms of hunting deer and trying to see deer, even if they're not deer that you know, you're know you looking to shoot, just seeing them is exciting. Now, I may go to a spot like that for turkey hunting and say, hey, I'm going to sit here and call for a half hour. All right, if nothing comes, if I don't hear anything, I'm going to move on. But I'm not going to invest a whole day in a spot just because it looks ideal. I'm going to 
you know, keep looking for sign, keep looking for evidence that the game I'm after is there. So when it comes to hunting deer, you always want to make sure, if I'm going into the woods, why do I think deer are going to be in that spot? What leads me to believe they're there? Well, it looks like a great area. Not good enough. Well, I can see really far. Not good enough. Well, I think there's food nearby. Not good enough. Well, that's a thick area. Deer could bed in there. Not good enough. You need more than what you think. You need more than perception. You have to have evidence that the animals are there. You have to have evidence. There's got to be a reason, something concrete to believe that you're going to have potential success in that spot beyond what you think. You know, there's got to be deer sign. There's got to be footprints, something. There's got to be droppings. There's got to be rubs or scrapes. There's got to be something in that area. There's got to be physical sightings. You got to have trail cameras. You got to have something that says, you know what, deer are around here and they're in this spot and here's where they come and go. So I'm going to set up here using that evidence to support, to, to, to give me the, uh, the push I need to make that investment of time worthwhile. All right. Now, of course, you know, all of this factors, anytime you set up a tree stand, it should always be 100% based on sign. You know, find a spot that, that you believe deer are at because you see evidence that the deer have been through there. Then maybe you set up a trail camera to, to expand upon that, to give you more information. If that information comes back good, that might be a good place to invest in putting up a tree stand. Or it might just be, you know, if you're not putting up a stand, maybe put up a blind. Maybe just go and sit against a tree. Maybe you brush in and just hide in the bush for a little bit. Because you're, you're making those decisions based upon something concrete. This is probably the, the number one thing I wish I would have learned early on in my hunting career. Right? I had too many days just spent going and setting up around places just because I thought this would be a good place. You know, I know there's probably deer around here somewhere. I've seen deer over in that direction before, so I'm just going to set up over there. And guys, pretty much every single time, nothing. See nothing. Absolutely a fawn, nothing. And you just sit there and wonder, where are all the deer in the woods? Well, the deer in the woods are somewhere between bedding, food, cover, safety, they're, they're, they're somewhere in, in those lanes of travel between those things, or mating, or hiding from hunters, depending on what part of the season that you're in. You get into the heart of rifle season, and you know some of the best places to hunt at that time might not have been the best places to hunt earlier in the season, but those deer have been pushed from where they want to be to where they can be safely and try to ride out the rest of the season as hunters encroach around about them. There's one property that I've hunted on for years and long ago before I started hunting, you know, there wouldn't be all that many deer around until the middle of the hunting season because every surrounding property was hunting deer, pushing them onto that property. Then I started hunting. I became part of the problem and there weren't as many deer on the property during hunting season because now I was putting pressure on the land. But you got some situations like that where maybe you've got a spot that there's a lot of cover, 
Maybe it's a small piece of private land or just hard to reach, out of the way piece of public land. And maybe that is a spot that, that gets better with age as the season goes on. Right Early in the season, there might be no sign back there because there's no reason for deer to be up there. It's not a convenient location for them. But as the Orange Army, you know, romples through the woods for days and weeks on end, you know, the deer go the only place they can find where there's cover and where people wearing orange are not hanging out. So those hard to reach, out of the way, difficult to get to, or private spots that have some cover can become better as the season goes on. So you want to keep that in mind. Uh, And in those kind of situations, one thing you can do set up a trail camera up there before the season starts and just look for okay what happens to this spot you know two weeks before the season opening day next week the week after that and that can help you learn okay should i hunt there next year how can i use that spot in the future because it's likely to be similar from year to year not always but likely So those are things you can do without actually going up there and spooking out the location when the deer are there trying to scout it and then just becoming part of the problem yourself. You can learn that. And if you need to go up there towards mid or late season, you can sneak in, find a place to set up right on the edge without getting too deep into it and spooking deer and just wait for all the hunters to push the deer there. You know, these are different strategies, but you always want to have more than just the theory when you're going out hunting. Theories result in tag soup. All right, that's just the way that it goes. You're hunting based on ideas. Well, if I were a deer, I would do this. That's called the recipe for tag soup. And tag soup is when at the end of the season, you got no deer, you just have a pocket full of tags. So all you can do is boil that to eat it because you got no meat. All right, you don't want to be in that kind of situation. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. To go hunting without scouting is, in my mind, a waste of time. Unless you are still hunting or you're hunting on foot. Now, I don't prefer to hunt on foot. Part of that's just a factor of the properties and locations I have available to me. I don't have too many places that I would consider good for that kind of hunting. Um, at least not you know, this season or last season. But I have in the past, and I've and those have been good places to hunt on foot. I have taken deer hunting on foot. Most of the time, I prefer to scout, find a good spot, set up there, and sit and wait. I've found that to be more effective, have a higher percentage of success. But that higher percentage of success is only because 
I know deer are there because I have found the evidence of it and I've done my homework. If I don't have that evidence, I have a higher chance of success hunting on foot than I do sitting in an area that's possibly completely dead area. Now, I've done episodes in the past on still hunting, hunting on foot, all those kind of things. You can look into that for more information and insight there. But the point is, you know, the evidence is what needs to guide the investment of time. If you don't have evidence and you still want to hunt, then you are scout hunting, right? You're in the woods on foot looking for deer and looking for deer sign. You are just as much looking for a place to stop walking and set up to hunt there as you are deer just walking around. All right, because you're you're more likely to have success, I believe, if you find a good hot area and then camp there as you are walking around, especially if you're a new hunter, because new hunters are just less stealthy, less quiet, just have a little less woodsmanship, less ability to read the situation than a seasoned hunter. And even then, not all seasoned hunters are quiet and stealthy and have great intuition. You know, I do some public land hunting in Pennsylvania here. And there are a lot of hunters in Pennsylvania, especially during the rifle season. It is the Orange Army. And every time I go out, man, I see people who have been hunting longer than I've been alive doing some of the dumbest, most unsafe stuff you could ever imagine. Literally, I've just packed up and walked out of the woods after I've seen what people did when they came in. I'm like, nope, sitting here's a recipe to get killed. I'm out of here. These people have no idea what they're doing. Really need to find this podcast, but they wouldn't listen to it because they think they got 40 years of experience, so they know what they're doing. And it's only by the absolute grace of God they are still alive and haven't killed themselves or someone else. That is just the absolute truth. But nonetheless, a lot of those guys are coming out of the woods year after year without a deer. It's, or they're hunting every single day of the season to, to get something, anything. And they're just burning themselves out and they just attribute it to grit and being hardcore. And, you know, it's just what you got to do. You got to hunt 17 straight days, day and night to get a, you know, a fondo or something. Like, no, guys, this, that's not the way it's supposed to be. You should have a very high chance of being able to take a deer every time you go hunting because you're setting up on sign and not speculation because you're being quiet because you're using the wind because deer are in that area and you're making it a point to hunt where they are and not spook them coming in and use everything you can to your advantage Uh, i didn't say you should have a super high chance every time of taking a trophy buck but if you just want to take a deer you ought to have a very good chance of success every time you walk into the woods during the season. If you don't have a good chance of success, then you're making mistakes somewhere that are significant. Now, you know, it happens. There's sign here all over the place. This place is crawling with deer. You show up and hunt the whole day, not one deer walks out. Happens to everybody. It just does. Maybe somebody spooked the deer out of that area the the day before. Maybe a a hot oak tree uh, opened up and just started dropping its acorns half a mile away. Now they're all over there for a week and a half until those acorns stop falling. You know, 
Maybe someone just tilled a, just plowed a field under, and now there's all this dirt and roots and stuff, and they're all intrigued, and they're over there licking the salt off the roots for, for a few days. You know, anything can happen, right? Anything can happen. But here's how you know. Here's how you know if you made a mistake. And I've done this and just, you know, just been upset with myself because I didn't realize it sooner. Sit in a place, hunt all day, Say, all right, I'm packing up, I'm going home. But before I do, let me just walk around in the area in front of me where I'm hunting and look for sign, which is what I should have done weeks ago. But I'm just going to walk around, not a sign of deer anywhere. You know, walk a few hundred yards around where I'm at, no sign of deer anywhere. Hasn't been a deer through there probably in weeks. And I'm like, why am I learning this now? Why did I think this was going to be a good spot? Why did I think deer would be here? Well, I mean, you just say, oh, this looks like a good place for deer. Well, there you go. Tag soup. Nope. Need to do that first. Need to, if you, and if you don't have that, then you need to hunt on foot until you find deer or sign. And if you find sign, then you know that's a, that's a fair place to set up and to hunt there. So, you know, all of this, guys, is to just help you try to go into the woods and see deer, right? I'm not guaranteeing you're going to see trophy animals, but the, the, you know, anytime you go into the woods and you see deer is more fun than when you don't see deer. Even if you didn't see the deer you want, even if you weren't able to take a shot at those deer, you're just, you know, you're, it's just more and fun. It's more enjoyable to know the deer are around to know you made a good decision in your spot and you, it was not a bad investment of time just because you didn't see the deer you wanted, just because you didn't see a shootable buck, just because you didn't have a, the right angle or a shot at a doe or, or you know, but if you saw those deer through the brush, man, your heart gets pumping. You know they're coming at, they're around there. It could be any moment and quite often it is. You know, I don't, I don't have a shot on that one, but 10 minutes later, oh, here comes another one. Because when they're around, it just bolsters your confidence, even if you leave without a deer. Quick story for you before we sign off. So I was out doing some scouting and hunting um, just before I recorded this episode. It was goose season. And I was out scouting because I did not want to invest days of hunting if there were no birds in the area. Early season, geese aren't flying too much. They're not migrating. They are where they are. And you need to find where they are if you want to have a good chance at success while hunting them. I was out, you know, good chunk of the day, went to five places, scouted eight spots, and I did not see a goose, hear a goose, see any dropping, see a goose footprint, nothing. Not a feather that I could positively ID. It was as if they did not exist in any of the areas that I was able to hunt. And, uh, you know, seemed like a bust of a day. Of course, I was hunting with a shotgun because, or scouting with a shotgun, because you never know what you're going to walk up on. And if something's in season, I'm always scouting with a gun in hand. But spent the day out, saw nothing, no sign whatsoever. Finally sat up in a place. And man, I was just like, well, I'm just going to sit here and rest for a little bit. I didn't see any geese, but what I did see were wood ducks lots of wood ducks i could have taken my limit four times in four different spots all the wood ducks that i saw and they weren't in season for weeks yet at that point but uh you know i left feeling so just having enjoyed being out 
because I saw a game, I learned, okay, no geese here right now, this year, that I'm looking for in this area, but I saw all these wood ducks and all these places these wood ducks were at, and all of a sudden I realized, okay, season's just a, you know, a while out, here's the way I could approach it, here's how I could use this intel, here's the way I could hunt these spots, and I enjoyed being out just because I saw a game and got to just watch it for a while, even though it wasn't what I was looking for, even though it's not what I was scouting, but it made the day fun because I saw something that was enjoyable and that was going to help me hunt in the future. And oftentimes when you're out deer hunting, when you just see deer, even if they're not something you can take, even if they're not you're not able to get a shot at that particular one. Maybe it's too far, bad angle, and brush, whatever. You know, just just seeing them sort of encourages you. You know, makes you feel like it was a good use of time. Gives you strength to come back to that spot later because you know deer are around there. So I'm just trying to help you guys. You know, part of the fun of hunting is not just taking the animals, but it's seeing them. Seeing animals in the wild. There's just so much enjoyment to it. So, you know, there we have it. Hope this is helpful. Really appreciate you guys. Till next time, God bless you and go get them in the woods. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.